14. Hello and welcome to episode 212 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And for the first time in the history of the show, I'm actually higher than Patrick. 39,000 feet over the Atlantic, to be precise. Man, if my flight goes down, this is going to seem pretty ghoulish when the show posts. Now, enjoy watching your vampire movies or whatever, guys. I think he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Is he finished? I finish. When I say your name and tap your foot, say hello. I think he's talking to you. (laughs) Um, So that was Josh. He's actually in the air right now on his way to Ireland, isn't he? All right, good to see the rest of you guys paid attention to the chat. <laughs> I don't know. He's leaving the country is all I know. Yeah, oh, that he, was a question? Yeah, he's yes, going to Ireland. He's going to Ireland. Yes, that was okay. definitely a question. All right. Right so, now he is flying through the air like a Greek god. To Louis <laughs> unfortunately, Rivers. it's Bacchus. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're Joshless this week. Um, so, but this week we are actually doing vampire comedies that suck. <laughs> We 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 watched Once Bitten, 1985's uh, movie. <laughs> Jim Carrey vehicle. The only one that came out in 1985. Yeah. This was it. This was it. This was the movie from 1985. And then uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is a mockumentary from 2011. 11? 11? Is it? 11? 12. Right around there. Uh, that's more recent than that. Yeah. Speaking of 12, if you're around on 12 noon on Saturdays, you can listen to our show on Geek Life Radio. How do we not know what year this movie was out? <laughs> we don't even know where Josh is going. Uh, and if you're looking for some of our other shows in the podcast collective, Joel has them for you right here. Yeah, you could check out some fine other shows like No Hope for Humanity, uh, Dating Baggage. <laughs> I am Salt Lake and the Rad Dad Radio Hour. <laughs> we got through one before you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, looking for older stuff iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, blah, 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 blah. 2014. Yes. Yeah, I was just going to say 2014. 2014. 708 now wrap. 708 669 9727. This Josh thing is tough. <laughs> just ask Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I didn't say hard. Whoa. All right. So, do we have any listener feedback, Mike? No, no. Jerks. Yeah. That's how we get him. That's All it. you people listening, you're a bunch of jerks. Exactly. <laughs> Pat doesn't understand. I don't. I don't know how to make friends. I, I, think I just realized. I, okay, I was waiting for somebody to say that. It's usually Josh. I miss you. This <laughs> week in music, movies, and TV and sports. <laughs> it was a little sad. Good timing there, man. Oh man, how can we? How how can we be this disorganized just by Josh not being here? Speaking of how this we're not, that, we're not that organized when he is here. <laughs> no, I'm raising, maybe I'm raising the bar a little high in my mind. <laughs> we need his disorganization to make us organized. That's how it works. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Um, all right, so November fifteenth, nineteen eighty-five. It's actually more than this movie came out. This is the year of the Goonies, and 
I think Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark, all these great movies that came out in 85 and we watched Once Bitten. Which well, We've already watched a bunch of the others already. That's true. Incidentally, it was the number one movie this week, oddly enough. It's not in the trivia, but... True this that. weekend, but... And crazy. how? So music. The top songs in the land are number three, Miami Vice theme by Jan Hammer. Uh, you Belong to the City by Glenn Fry and the classic We Built This City by Starship. I won't lie. I was kind of excited to see that that one was on here. You know, Pat, Mike was reading me the like top 30 songs of the week, and it was like an 80s playlist that you would buy in the store. <laughs> no, that's what I call 80s. Exactly. It, no, it really was. It had it had Uh-oh. everything from uh, Sleeping Bag by ZZ Top to Good. Take On Me to... Um, there's some Mr. Mister, and it, it this was like the penultimate '80s soundtrack. '80s. There was Loverboy in there, I think, too. Wasn't Loverboy there? was in there also, um, and just barely missing it at number 22, I think, was "Party All the Time" by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> That's a classic too. <laughs> she parties all the time. That's what I hear. On November 20th, Michael Jackson received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame directly in front of Man's Chinese Theater. Jackson leaves after only three minutes at the request of security as the crush of 5,000 onlookers becomes a safety concern. Hee-hee. <laughs> noise he used to make. There's a lot now of noises he, makes, he used to make. Now he makes this noise. Let me out. <laughs> <laughs> With, that might be true. Uh, November 12th. Sandera Park, member of South Korean girl group 2NE1 and former actress, pops out of a distended uterus. <laughs> Awfully specific. I didn't know what was coming. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> on November 15th. I'm sorry. Let me start over. 15 of November has the release of 2 a.m. Paradise Cafe by Barry Manilow, which has the incredible duet of the Barry and the Velvet Fog singing Big City Blues and Emergency by Cool and the Gang with the song Fresh. Fighting. Wait, the Cool and the Gang song was not on the Barry Manilow album, No, he read right? that entirely too fast. Those are two separate albums? Two totally separate albums. Okay. Cool and the Gang it, never sang with Mel Torme, as far as I know. <laughs> right? I was trying to figure that threesome out right there. <laughs> Ooh, wow. There's a threesome. Cool and the Gang, Barry Manilow, and the Velvet Fog. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody bought that album they're listening and all of a sudden, she's fresh, she's so fresh. I thought, that, I thought that was a porno. What the hell is this? I was just listening to Big City Blues. That's my fetish. <laughs> Let me out. All right. Wait, wait who's doing movies? <laughs> what? I'll, I'll uh, do it. You do it? Okay. All right. Movies released on this day include Once Bitten and Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealers in a good day for cinema all around. You know, this day and age, that Rainbow Bright movie would go direct to DVD. Actually, Once Bitten might also. I have seen one of those movies in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking sister. I'm I'm betting it's Rainbow Bright. Oh, it's totally Rainbow Bright, man. That's my fetish. (laughs) <laughs> was that Matthew's way of cleansing his palate after RoboCop? Yes, it was nothing but Rainbow Bright for like three years after he saw the RoboCop incident. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just imagining like in his brain he's mashing it up like Robo Bright. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> oh shit, I gotta draw that. <laughs> All right. All right. Jimmy Ritz, born in 1904 as Samuel Joachim, I guess. His father was a haberdasher from Austria Hungary, and his mother was Russian. Ritz had three brothers, George, Alan, Harry, and a sister, Gertrude Soil. Saul. They were appearing on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood when movie producer Daryl F. Zanuck spotted them. Their first film, Sing Baby Sing, in 1936, was followed by On the Avenue. His career wound down in the 70s when he ended his career with the 1975 classic Blazing Stewardesses, which had its name changed from Jet Set to capitalize on Blazing Saddles. In 1976's Wonton Ton, the dog who saved Hollywood. <laughs> he died in 1985 due to heart disease. There's he nothing. Absorbed. There's Did they have to cut open the dog to stay warm in the winter? <laughs> what? Wonton Ton? Tontons. Yeah. Oh. Star Wars joke. Yeah. Yeah. No, they made they made a soup out of him. I'm not sure. I'm not There's sure. Wonton soup. More disappointed by you or me. Yeah, they, I read the thing about this, this Blazing Stewardesses. They, it has like three different titles. And they finally settled on Blazing Stewardesses because they figured people would be, hey, I'm going to go see that Blazing movie. Blazing Stewardesses? Yeah, that sounds right. And it's it's on YouTube, the entire movie, and there's been up there for a long while with no DCMI or like copyright thing because the movie apparently is so bad that they're just like, just leave it. Mike was scanning through it and he was giving me commentary as he was watching. And I was like, what the heck is going on in this movie? I was like, they're in an airplane. That makes sense. Now they're on a golf course. That kind of makes sense. Now there's a rubber doll. Now there's, it. it's very 70s, like kind of bad slapstick. You know, remember, remember those kind of? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Good. Glad you can carry me on that one. They're sucking on my arm. <laughs> All right. So TV. The Los Angeles Times reports that Mark Harmon's character in the NBC hospital drama St. Elsewhere will contract AIDS. Harmon has decided to leave the show, and his last episode was scheduled for February 5th, 1986. What a way to go. He didn't really die. He went on to NCIS. So, yes, he Or did. no, Jack. What was the shit? Not Jack. Uh, yeah, NCIS was what he NCIS. was. NCIS. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, that's the one where they were both typing on the computer at the same time. Two people. Yeah, enhance. Enhance. Two people, one keyboard. I'm, I am sadly <laughs> very familiar with NCIS because my dad loved that show, so I've seen plenty of them. Wow. You know, you look like him if you walk by the mirror. I look like Mark Harmon? Your dad. My dad looks like Mark Harmon? Your dad's Mark Harmon? <laughs> <laughs> my dad worked for NCIS? What? Enhance. All right, so also in this week, Sesame Street's Elmo is introduced. He was usually puppeteered by Kevin Clash, but after Clash's controversial resignation in late 2012, he has been puppeteered by Ryan Dillon. Elmo does a night, Kevin. Isn't, wasn't he like like diddling kids or something? There no, was, that was the rumor, but it was untrue. Okay. Yeah, it ruined his career, but he was accused. Oh, uh, well, that'll do it. So, sports. Now, remember, Joel and I did sports this week. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't even know what the first entry is for. Sports. The first published Calvin and Hobbes comic strip appears in newspapers. I think, okay, here's a connection. Sport, there is a sports section in a newspaper. So, therefore, that carries over to Calvin and Hobbes showing up. Should we start having an obituary section? No, that's too obvious. Then everybody's going to know about absorption. 
Yeah, not to mention pretty much the whole twee is an obituary. Yeah, we are right. and we we had we, to, we had to have that in there. It was too good not to put somewhere. That's true, and you know the, the debut of Calvin and Hobbes is pretty special. So. Yeah. All right. On a sad note, the Milwaukee Brewers, Brewers, Brewers. I don't know why I had a hard time pronouncing that. But Milwaukee Brewers released 39-year-old pitcher Raleigh Fingers. Absorbed. <laughs> no, he didn't die. He just got released. Girl. <laughs> but yeah, Raleigh Fingers had one of the best mustaches in all of baseball. Yeah, we didn't know who he was initially. Then we looked at him, we're like, oh, that guy with the handlebar yeah. and the twisty yep. and all that. Yep. Mustache McGee. Yeah. <laughs> Stashy McCollins. Mustachio. <laughs> and lastly in sports, Pakistan takes a loss against the West Indies at Sharjah Cricket Stadium in the Rothman Sharjah Cup ODI series as the West Indies wins the first match by seven wickets. Yep. And that's the twee. That's the twee. Play us off, keyboard Joel. It was really light in sports. I don't know how you find stuff, Pat. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's a skill, apparently. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I guess it's a skill I have. You are our Cliff Clavin. <laughs> well, I knew that. <laughs> I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment. <laughs> who are three people who have never been in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we we wanted to do a little bit something a little bit lighter, seeing that our previous shows have been full-on horror movies, Friday the 13th, Slasher Flick, and, you know, wanted to lighten it up a little bit midway through October. So we watched uh, Vampire Horror, Vampire Comedies, I'm sorry. And... Uh, we decided to watch Once Bitten. Unfortunately, Transylvania 65000 actually came out a week before this, so I watched that instead. <laughs> no, you didn't. Because, so, but I, I looked up this stuff about Once Bitten. A uh, vampire countess needs to drink the blood of a virgin in order to keep her eternal beauty. It all seems hopeless until she bumps into Mark Kendall. In a very subdued Jim Carrey early role. Yes. I wouldn't say very subdued. A subdued for 85. All things considered, um, he... Well, we'll get into this a little bit later on, but he, he had a lot of shit before he became the Jim Carrey. Well, this was his first movie. No. It was his very first? No. Well, I mean, his first lead role in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, his first lead role. He had something... So a lot of shit before he, this. He hadn't quite gotten to the point where he could, like, tell a director, no, I want to do it this way. Yeah, his first. What was his first one? Something like Rubber Face or some shit like that. He was yeah. He was like you know like some member of the entourage or something. Was his first yeah, movie. He played Tony Maroney in the TV movie Rubber Face in 1981. Janet. But wasn't a, he also like like kind of like the? Yeah, never mind. Not important. I I don't know why we're <laughs> digging into the. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna get lost in this in this hole if we keep going. So forget. all right. So this is this has been directed by Howard Storm. Uh, of strangely enough, the director of Mork and Mindy did, hmm. did yeah I know that's what I said I was like my my initial thought was it I remember but the thing is I remember really enjoying Mork and Mindy and thinking Mork and Mindy was funny but at the same time I haven't seen it recently so but you said you did have... fifty nine episodes or something yeah I mean he he directed the entire stretch I have it on DVD I have the whole box set but I haven't actually watched it. Yeah, I mean it's we, we we have to do that. We have to find a reason to to dig that up. But he's I mean he's done do a Robin Williams show. 
Ooh, have we done Rob Williams show? Nope. No. No. Um, but he's done. We gotta all... do it quick before you know. There's not. It's the longer we wait, the less now there is. Uh, way to keep it light, Pat. Because yeah. he's dead. All right, so this is also writing credits on this one is Dimitri Villiard, which did such classics as Flight of the Navigator, the In Love and War with Sandra Bullock and Chris O'Donnell, and Hide and Go Shriek. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Hines, uh, (laughs) who did 57. (laughs) I would, damn it. Who did this and was a creative consultant on something called Pirate Camp? <laughs> what? We need to do that show. I know. The all camp show. We'll do Space Camp, Pirate Camp. What band, else is there? Band Camp. Is there a Band Camp? There's not a Band yeah. Camp. There's American Pie Band Camp. Yeah. yeah see? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Now, now here's where things get weird. Camp Town Ladies. Yes. And Jonathan Roberts. No, no, no. John, Jeffrey Howes is the next one who has done writing for Once Bitten, Bachelor Man. And is miscellaneous crew on pirate camp? <laughs> I don't understand that. But that's uh, but that's where they met at yeah. the set of pirate camp. Right now, this is where it gets weird. Also written by <laughs> this is where it gets weird. <laughs> this is where it gets weird. Written by Jonathan Roberts, who is known for outside of Once Bitten, writer for The Lion King, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Dinosaur, and James and the Giant Peach, and Pirate Camp. <laughs> no. He had nothing to do with Pirate Camp. But that's the thing. It's like, okay, so this guy is a writer for Lion King, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Lion King 2, Jack Frost, you know, a bu- and a bunch of other, like, Disney-type stuff. But he started off writing The Sure Thing uh, with John Cusack, directed by Rob Reiner, written by this guy as part of the writing crew, and then did this. So at least one, someone got out. All right on this. So good on you, Jonathan Roberts, for surviving the once-bitten storm along with Jim Carrey. And probably making decent money working for Disney. Yeah. This stars Lauren Hutton. Is this Timothy Hutton's mom? Uh, I don't think so. No, yeah. this is E.F. Hutton's mom. Uh, I have no idea if, if they're related, actually, Timothy and Lauren. That's a good question, actually. Yeah, really, it is. Yeah, uh, Lauren Hutton as, Count- as the Countess, Jim Carrey as Mark Kendall, Karen Copkins as Robin Pierce, <laughs> Cleavon Little slumming it up as Sebastian, Thomas Bolator as Jamie, and Skip Lackey as Russ. Uh, all the rest of the credits are pilot vampire, you know, middle <laughs> middle ages vampire. And that's what Confederate vampire. Yeah, that's pretty twin much. Twin vampire. Yeah, that's pretty much what. Yeah, twin vampires. That's definitely in there too. Um. So yeah. So that's where I ended it. Uh, uh, looking at her IMDb page, it doesn't say anything about them being related. Um. Well, then they're not because if they were, they would. They would definitely mention it. She used to be a Playboy bunny. I know that. On his IMDb page, I don't see her mentioned there either. Maybe that's there is though. strange. What about EF Hutton? Ooh. Check that. No. Can we get a fact check on that? <laughs> I'm going to say no on that one. All right. Let's get our so, fact checker on that. So, uh, Cleavon Little. Who's our fact checker? Uh, Josh. Nenim Loss? He's on a plane. I think Nenim Loss is our fact checker. Get on that, Nenim Loss. <laughs> Bastard. All right. So, Cleavon Little. Um, it was pretty funny. I was watching this with Suzanne, and about a quarter of the way through it, she's like, 
Hey. <laughs> that's Sheriff Bart. That's the guy from Blazing Saddles. No, that's the guy from Blazing Stewardesses. Oh, something on my arm. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't know what happened with that guy. What do you mean? I mean, it, he was so good in Blazing Saddles, and then he did this. <laughs> he did the best with what he had, I guess. That's true. The last thing he's ever done was something from the 1992 Tales from the Crypt. Hmm. And he, well, all that explains a lot right there, because he died in 1992. Well, made it kind of difficult to continue his career. Not necessarily. Look at Elvis. <laughs> Look at Robin and, Williams and Michael Jackson. And Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> Tupac has literally had as many releases since he died as he did before he was before he died. Wow. After he died, he released a double album. I, I I don't know how that happens. He, no, he is. Re- I'm not. That's not a joke. He no, is. Re- I mean, there have been as many Tupac albums released after his death. I know. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying though. When right after he died, the first thing that happened within a year was that double album came out. Yep. <laughs> Fueling the fires that he's but not. They're, yeah, but they're still coming out. That's the amazing thing. <laughs> like, how, how many secret recordings can you find? Oh, just wait till Master P dies. Oh, jeez. Na 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 na. You're gonna shoot him. He's just gonna go. Na na na. Ow. I'm calling it right now. It's all Neil Diamond covers. <laughs> it was a spring. No. Nah. <laughs> I I would really I would buy an album of of. <laughs> Of Master P singing, I am a sin. <laughs> crackling rosy. Uh. <laughs> oh, crackling rosy. Uh. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> Say, not even oh, the brilliant. chair. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh. <laughs> this is why we need Josh. This is it right here. <laughs> The three Come on, this is gold. <laughs> We're gonna do he this. He would have reined this in a couple jokes ago. <laughs> he would have. We're gonna run right down the alley with this thing. All right. So <laughs> trivia, trivia. By the time the film was released, writer Jeffrey Howes had blown through his initial earnings and had to take a job as a video store clerk. <laughs> so the it's legend, like, like the reverse Tarantino. I know. Legend goes, one day an oblivious customer remarked the remarked after renting the film, whoever wrote this shouldn't be working in Hollywood, and incest house retorted, you got your wish. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> now, I don't Six know if that's one. true or not, but it was an IMDb. I'm, I'm going to go with yes. I, I like to believe that. It's on the internet. It's got to be true. True. It's still a great story, even if it's not. Who would go yeah. on the internet and lie? Nobody would waste their time typing up a lie on the internet. Uh, seriously. So, uh, screenwriter Jeffrey Howes also campaigned for Michael J. Fox to star in the film, but executive producer Samuel Goldwyn Jr. was convinced that Michael J. Fox would never be able to carry a big screen movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or a coffin. Yeah. And when did Back to the Future come out? Uh, right around this time. Exactly. So, uh, good on you. Well, I, honestly, I think it was one of those, let's not take Fox away from that and put him in this steaming pile of shit back in the future yeah 1985 as well spoilers uh yeah, so the, I, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that mike doesn't like this movie <laughs> the role of countess was written for cassandra peterson Ooh, yeah, yeah. better known as the horror hostess elvira oh i was thinking it was the girl we went to college with why would someone they would have been like 12 and uh, lauren hutton is attractive as well she's not yeah. cassandra peterson but no is that what Cassandra Peterson looks like now? She still looks good. Yeah. 
She's an attractive woman. She is. I can't disagree with that. No. As much as we don't always agree. I No, I think I think we could we can definitely we usually agree on females. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> That is uh, definitely a female. Is there any more uh... trivia? Yes. Strangely, this film premiered in theaters a month after Halloween. So good timing, guys. Right. Just in time for Thanksgiving. They had to get the editing just right. <laughs> Once bitten. Uh, this also was re-released in various countries, and the translated titles included, in France, Seduction Has Teeth. Also France, Vampires Forever. In Brazil, Virgin Boy Wanted. <laughs> okay. I'm sure there was a lot of confusion when people went in to see that one in Brazil. <laughs> like, it is not what I expected. Like that. Uh, Argentina called I Love a Vampire. Hungary, Just One Bite. In Poland, they called it Kiss Princess. <laughs> Way to go, uh, Poland. So anyway. That sounds, like a, that sounds like a really bad reality show. Kiss <laughs> Princess. <laughs> Who will be the next Kiss Princess? Yeah, I got nothing for you, man. I don't know where you want me to take that. I was I was done with it. Oh well, good. Thank God. Uh, it this was, is wait, it was done with me. That's for sure. <laughs> this has but, a five point five star review on um, IMDb, and I'm sure Rotten Tomatoes is probably even worse. But uh, I remember watching this movie back in the late '80s once it hit cable, and the only thing. I remember was the buttons being bit off of his shirt. <laughs> I, you know, I'd forgotten that I'd seen it. I, until I was watching it, I was like, Oh yeah, I have seen this. And oddly enough, the only thing I remembered about it, um, once I realized that I'd seen it was the last sequence with the coffin rocking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got an 18. 18- that, that was your big takeaway, huh? Yeah. Yep. 18% on the tomato meter. They're doing it in the coffin. Yes. <laughs> They're having sex. They must be having really violent sex because that coffin has got to weigh 500 pounds. That was a big coffin. Right. It didn't even knock over the um, uh, what it was sitting on either. Podium? Yeah, like the... Stanchion. The thing. Coffin thing. <laughs> I think that's the technical term. Yeah. The coffin thing. All right. The coffin thing. So... <clears throat> Is this a first viewing for any of us? Well, you know, you and I are out of that race because we already gave away that secret. But Pat? <laughs> oh, no, I've seen this several times. Several times? Mm-hmm. On purpose or accidentally? No, like, I mean, it's been on, you know, uh, a few different times, you know, it'd be on cable. You know, I've just let it run or whatever. I mean, it's just one of those things I've had in the background before. Yeah. Um, think- I don't, I mean, spoiler alert, I don't hate this movie like you do, so. I have seen it a couple times. I don't really hate it as much as I'm confused by why it was made. (laughs) What do you mean? I just, it's so, I mean, okay, maybe I do hate it. (laughs) I mean, it's it's just your typical 80s comedy. I mean, and it just happens to be about vampires, really. I mean, that's, it's not a, it's not a vampire themed movie that happens to be a comedy. It's a comedy that happens to be about vampires. True. Whereas the movie we saw, the, the now is you know, a movie about vampires that happens to be a comedy. Yes. And it's it did definitely follow into that 80s teen comedy template. Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, that's 100% what this is. You, know, you got your dorky sidekicks, you know, who 
all they can talk about is sex. And then the moment that they have the chance to actually have some, they freak out. You know, I mean, that's a standard, you know, sidekick role. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like they were like, what's popular right now? Teen sex comedies and horror. Hmm. Can we yep. combine the two? You got your horror in my sex comedy. <laughs> two great tastes that go together um but no very st- very by the numbers including um sexual assault in the showers yep <laughs> like and gratuitous use of fag yeah that definitely was a moment where i was like this is a different time that's what we were talking about earlier too that it was just a different time yeah well and then if you want to talk about um how 80s it is look at his parents oh yeah his parents i mean very um i'm trying to find her name i can't think of her name okay i gotta toss this out there what is an egg burger i don't know but well is it like um well sometimes i'll get like the at uh, steak and shake they've got the burger that's got the egg on top yeah I mean, I, that's it? what it, all it has to be is a burger with an egg on it i'm imagining okay because but she wasn't doing anything special to the patty she just like cooking the patty yeah but I find that really weird. That I mean, of all things, why would you why would you make it specifically an egg burger? Would you like Would you like a hamburger? And who drains the blood out of their ground beef like that? Uh, uh, actually, a lot. A lot of that is an actual thing that a lot of older people did. Like put it in a cup. Yeah. Why? My grandmother used to do it. Why not just put it down the drain? She, she would then pour it down the drain, but it was like you can't do it directly into the drain for some reason. It was like a. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Why? It just was the way she did it. What happens? Fizzes. It fizzes? <laughs> and really, not to mention, there was a time when you used blood in your cooking, like, mm. you know, like to make gravies and stuff. That's true. You remember, I'm, I am Polish, so. Yeah. That shot me um, going. Oh, sorry. But it was so obviously set up that it was going to be like, especially as soon as he sets his cup next to it, I'm like, oh, he's going to drink the blood, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> But that was the that was the lovely thing about eighties the eighties they didn't care about you know obvious setups. They no, just there did it. there was no subtleties in eighty eighties. Yeah, they're, they're like they're like who cares? The joke is good enough; it won't even matter. No, you're wrong. <laughs> Nobody will go back and watch this and analyze it later and compare it to a more modern film. <laughs> well, I mean, it and it's so I don't say over the top, but so stencil like like oh, in the very beginning, of course you're going to make a big point to the fact that he likes his burgers charcoaly. And super, super well done, because later on he's going to be eating them raw. Yeah, when, when he does that, you're like, I wonder if that will ever come into play again. <laughs> oh, see, I thought the mom on there was um, uh, Kim Darby from Better Off Dead, but it wasn't. It, she was very much in that same vein, though. It's got raisins in it. Yeah, she reminded me of that same kind of. That's why I said it, that their parents were very 80s, because I was thinking it was the mom. Yeah, in the 80s, the parents were always you know clueless, nincompoops. Better Off Dead is a great movie. I wish I could watch that. Maybe he's well, he's not anemic. I don't know. The, yeah, the, I don't know. It, 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 it is. The, the dad cracked me up like when he found him sleeping in the in the uh, the chest. He's like, "Well, I'm not going to tell your mother about this." <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a fun kind of Saturday afternoon, you know, rainy day out sort of thing. Or if it's on cable and it just comes on, you don't turn it just because it's kind of harmless. And that whole, the whole dinner scene, French toast. Why are we talking about better? French. Wrong movie. 
interesting. We gotta get off a better off dead. No, I'm 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 sticking with it, man. That's such, I just you brought that up to my head. It's so much a better movie than this. I'm <laughs> talking about Better Off Dead for the rest of the conversation. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's just what? What's the word I'm looking for? Tentacles. Nt. <laughs> Big difference. Big difference. What is the word you're looking for? I don't know. Mike got me off course now with the whole better off dead thing. <laughs> Just go with it, man. It'll make the show so much better. Uh, anyway, I, I didn't hate it. I just, I, since I'd already seen it, I knew what was going to happen. Um, but it, it just was kind of lightweight fun. There was nothing great about it. There was nothing terrible about it. It just kind of was very, very, very stock 80s, but like lower grade than better off dead if we're going to keep talking about that yeah i agree with that i mean i don't i don't i nothing this movie really i mean it's just it's not bad enough to hate it's not good enough to like it's just you know it's it's perfect for just having on in the background so you just have some noise and you don't really pay attention to it and you don't have to you know listen to your thoughts telling you know telling you to go out and kill your neighbors and stuff now, I don't know if this is a thing or not, and obviously... Whoa, whoa, really whoa, wait. Back it up, back it up. We're just going to let that sit? But, <laughs> but uh, that bar that they're in with the telephones, was that a thing? Yeah. That was how, that was weird. Yeah. That that was that was an actual thing that, that you know, they used to have uh, numbered tables. It didn't... I mean, well, maybe it did, but I mean, and when they first started them, maybe they did look that gaudy. But yeah, they did have bars that that had you know numbers and huh. and phones, and you could talk to people. And you know what that reminds me of? What the scene where they're at the top of the mountain and Booger freezes the right side of his brain because oh he's God, snorting the it. snow. <laughs> Just because Josh isn't here doesn't mean you can be Joel. I don't think he wants to be, honestly. <laughs> I've seen Joel's life. I don't want that. Oh, that's hateful. I was gonna say hurtful, and then it came out hateful but it didn't mean hateful more as hurtful but anyway oh now this now's the time on the podcast where we cry <laughs> no i'm just trying to imagine being in that in a, 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 a old enough to date and being in a bar like that and calling somebody else's table i mean nowadays it would be like a, a hipster thing kind of to have a bar like that but that's why I wondered if it was a real thing because I was just. I mean, trying well, to... I mean, this was long before cell phones and everything, and and apps and like Tinder and stuff, and people were just trying to come up with interesting ways to meet and hook up and stuff. So, you know, it's just one step above a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Maybe it's two steps above a glory hole. This may be our way of making our. I next mean, you can still be anonymous, but at least you can see them first, you know, and you can just like, hey, that guy's cute. Call him across the bar, and he looks at you and. It's like you both swipe right, and then you can go in the back room and fool around, or you can leave and fool around, or whatever. You know, depending on the bar, some bars had like you know, swinger swingers type bars had like back rooms and shit. They had cordless phones. Now they do. Yeah. Well, they would. <laughs> I mean, how would they do it now? I guess that you know. I that that's a they. Let's not ponder I that. I think like, if there was some way, like you walk in and you download their app and you just use their app on your actual phone. There you go. There's your million dollar idea. Boom. Let's do it. And how the neighbor is always snorting nasal spray and knitting. Stop it. <laughs> He's still going. <laughs> uh. So, okay. Now, with this steaming pile of shit, 
was there a is there any moment in this movie that you actually laughed out loud? Let me out. <laughs> um actually laughed out loud. No, I don't think so. Um I enjoyed watching Jim Carrey be a little more subtle and still kind of in his early stages. I, I that part I found kind of entertaining. The guitar but, leg maybe. Yeah, that was pretty fun. You know what though? It, you know what the thing with him being in this is that there were brief moments where you saw the Jim Carrey that was coming. Yes. And there were also brief moments where you're like this guy can actually act when he isn't just being completely manic. Right. I mean, yeah, there were, like I said, that's exactly it. There were moments where he was actually act, you know, acting, being funny, doing the Jim Carrey thing. And that was kind of the, you know, like, finished watching it. I turned it off, turned it off, and I was like, and this is guy is going to go ahead and do Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, you know what? There was a moment that did make me laugh. It was like the third time when he was like, I'm not wearing a costume. <laughs> okay, that was funny. <laughs> when he wins the, the award. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. The running, the running gags are always good. That's my shtick. Yes, we know. Let me out. <laughs> See, and I stole Pat's running gag, so. Yeah. That wasn't my running gag. That was a th- that was just a liner. Yeah, but I've made it a running gag. True. You right. was a throwaway for you, but I find it funny. Yes, you do. <laughs> I think we've said about all we can about Better Off Dead. Have what about, we? Um, what about the dance-off? Karen is very cute. I oh, say. the dance off. The dance off was. It, yeah, when they reveal how how hot Karen is. Yeah. Because they've been hiding it the whole movie. Yes. Then suddenly she's wearing next to nothing, and you're like, holy, holy manoli. And suddenly it's another one of those moments where everybody in this high school is a professional dancer. Right. And you know what the funny thing about '80s movies is that every high school has enough money to hire a band for their prom. I know, right? Because my high school, all we had was a DJ. And you know who that DJ was? Me. Ooh. And you know how much I got paid? Nothing. Did you get any? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was very sad. And my entire, all my high school career, every every girl I ever hooked up with, had no, you know, no girl at my high school ever hooked up with me. All my girlfriends from high school were from other schools. Oh, you were that guy. Yeah, I couldn't get a girl in my high school for some reason. Oh, you no, I mean, you were the guy who was like, yeah, she's from another school. You wouldn't know her. Yeah, but I really did have them. Yeah, but it was just weird. I've hooked up with more women from my high school since I went to high school than I did in high school. So when the mom is making the thing with the raisins and the boiled bacon. (laughs) So Karen Coppins, who played the girl in the movie, uh, she only was an actress for about 10 years. Mostly did TV stuff. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, she she's very Attractive. She, she yeah. could have been a lot, done a lot more. I mean, I mean, I'm serious. She got a very pretty face, very nice figure, good-looking woman. I can't disagree. Very nice. And she does it in a coffin. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, they were I've both alive a, this time around. I did it in a hearse. So it, I mean, I guess not really a coffin. But. All right, I'm calling break. <laughs> I tried to do that already. That's a true story. We are back. 
to talk about what we do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just sitting here playing alone in the dark. Um, the game? The game, yeah. Oh, it's a great game. Classic stuff. You should play it. Why uh, you play it in the shadows? Just because it's better that way. Exactly. So, what we do in the shadows, a documentary team lives films the lives of a group of vampires for a few months. The vampires share a house in Wellington, New Zealand. Turns out that vampires have their own domestic problems, too. From 2014. Yeah. Uh, this is <clears throat> directed by Jermaine Clement, who also played Vladislav mm-hmm. in this, and Boris the Animal in Men in Black 3. And he's from Flight of the Concords. Yes. Oh, it is. He's been, for, been in a bunch of stuff. He's very funny. Okay. Yeah, I, he definitely was. And Takeda... Watiti? Watiti. Watiti. <laughs> Watiti. Is he the other guy from the thing? From Eagle and the Shark? And... Yes. No, it's John, and John Rice Davies. Well. Okay. I never got into John Rice Davies. Or not John Rice Davies. I, I know what, that's not right. What's his name? Not John Rice Davies. Um... <laughs> John Rice Davies. That's Gimli. I know that. That's why That's why I'm stopping the correct one. What is it's it? Lord it's very of, similar to that. It's, it's like from Lord a, of the Rings. If I were a rich man. No, no, oh, that's... Oh, my... Uh, he, was, he played the, the head vampire in this movie. Rice Darby. Okay. Rice Darby, yeah, from yeah. Uh, the Monster of the Week episode of X-Files. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so, writing by the same two guys, starring one both of those two guys as Jermaine <laughs> Clement as Vladis Dove and Takia Wakiti as Viago, Johnny Bruch as Deacon... Corey Gonzalez McClure as Nick, Stu Rutherford as Stu, and there's some amazing trivia about Stu later on. Ben Fransham as Peter, Jackie Van Beek as Jackie, and Rice Darby as Anton the Werewolf. He was the uh, uh, the head. He also played man. Gimli. Yes, he played Rice. <laughs> Rice Darby played. Gimli. Rice Darby played Gimli. You got it. And my axe. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, and he didn't sing "If I Was a Rich Man" because that's Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> what did he sing at the end of uh, after uh, Topo Gigio? No, not Topo Gigio. When after after uh, Marion kissed him. Yeah, a British man is a soul. That's what he said. Oh man, yeah. no. I'm gonna go watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'll be right back. I think I think I think that was from Pirates of Penzance, if I'm correct. <laughs> I might be incorrect, but you you anyway. probably are not. All right, so Jermaine Clement, this is a trivia, and Takeda Wakiti wrote 150 pages of actual script, but then chose not to show it to a single person involved in the film. Strangely enough, this is the same thing they did with Once Bitten. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, the things, the reasoning was to keep things spontaneous and actors to be surprised by the events unfolding before their eyes. Now, this is the trivia about Stu. The man who plays Stu is not an actor, but is actually Stu Rutherford. He is a part-time business analyst for a Wellington company called Landworks. He was hired for the film under the impression that he would be working on computers and that he would play a small part in the film. <laughs> That's Amazing. That is the best thing I have ever heard about a movie right there. <laughs> Talk about just like going with the flow of things. It's Stu. <laughs> well, and then everybody, that was like their favorite character. Oh, yeah. Stu was at the end of it after the, after the, uh, 
the de- the blood ball or whatever the hell they call it. Stew, 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 stew. When they're all singing. <laughs> Honestly, stew kind of made the movie for me. That's that's a great piece of trivia. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, what? So there was talk of a spinoff movie called What We Do in the Moonlight, which would, would then have followed the werewolf pack. <laughs> werewolf, not swearwolves. <laughs> <laughs> Put on your tracksuit. I'm going to tear those pants. Those are new jeans. All of, all of you, you're all going to lose your jeans. How could you forget your combination? It's probably zero, 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 zero. Um, so they shot about 125 hours of footage. Most of it was improvisation, and they edited it down to a 90-minute movie, and that took almost a year. It's insane. I really identify with this because I have to do something similar to this every goddamn week. <laughs> I mean, how do you cut any of my gold? That's the question. That's you know? I have I have a file on my computer that just says Patrick's gold, <laughs> but it's porn. <laughs> All right, so the hill where the vampires have a run-in with the werewolves is the same hill from Ready for It, Lord of the Rings, uh, where Frodo and the hobbits are running and hiding from the Black Rider under the roots of a tree. And my ex. <laughs> and. Another awesome piece of trivia. They lost a charred polystyrene skeleton slash body during the shoot. They threw it in the harbor for a funeral scene, which I'm assuming is after uh, uh, after the, Peter died. After Peter died, yeah. yeah. It was probably that, that skeleton they had on the floor that was supposed to be Peter. Yep. I can't tell which is the front, which is the back. <laughs> this, well, the scene didn't end up in the film, and not realizing that it was drifting away... Uh, they realized that that was going to wash up somewhere. <laughs> so Takita Watiti commented on the situation saying it was quite realistic. So he had to put out <laughs> a press release saying that if anybody finds this charred body washed up on a beach, don't be <laughs> don't alarmed. Panic. It's just a prop. <laughs> now, That's in fun. contrast to Once Bitten, this is an entertaining vampire farce. <laughs> Are, uh, are you doing your dark bidding on the internet? Oh, by the way, the the last um the last thing I want to say about Once Bitten is is the only note I had watching the whole movie, and I forgot to mention it. Did anybody else notice? Did either of you guys notice that the priest sounded exactly like L the robot? No, I didn't, Pat. If you go back and just watch that scene alone, like the priest sounds just like L. You mean the wino that was in the confessional? Yeah. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm doing a little research here. <laughs> I was already on it. All right, you you get on. You know what you know what I'm asking you to look up. You go find that. All right. So, I heard about this a few years ago, like shortly after it showed up back on on Amazon and a lot of people were saying that you had to watch it. It was very into the same vein as Spinal Tap and Best in Show, but a little bit more um indie feeling. I was sold on this from like the first moment from when Vlad Vladislav woke up and was going around waking everybody up the with Viago uh yeah I mean you you almost said word for word what I was going to say cuz I I I'd heard word from mouth about this you know that I, I and I I'd, I'd seen the the trailer for it and everything and from the the, the opening scene I was sold he's <laughs> he's going door to door you know like uh we're going to have a flat meeting in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you look, we haven't, you haven't done 
the dishes in five years. <laughs> and he shows the chore wheel. He's, it hasn't moved in five years. <laughs> that I mean, the the, the just the, <laughs> the idea of like of, of like the banality and everyday life of of of, of a vampire. And and just you know, and just combining that with you know the 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 life of it, having roommates, it is just it's such a it's such a great idea. It really it really was. It was gr- I mean, the <laughs> is Peter coming? He's eight thousand years old. I don't think Peter's coming. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's leave him alone. And Vladislav, <laughs> when Viago's talking about Vladislav, he has some older ideas. This place is a mess. Why don't we get some slaves? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, I mean, I through this entire movie, there are very few scenes where I was not. I mean, it takes a lot to make me laugh more than just exhaling through my nose. Right. <laughs> the this Johnny Brug, the guy who plays Deacon, or he's he's like, oh, vampires. We have to we uh, absorb a certain kind of sexuality. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's just all splayed like, out. Look at me. I, <laughs> when we go out, I have this this look that is dead, but what does he call it? Dead, but dead and loving it, or something like. That. <laughs> I mean, there's so many really good lines, and, and like the whole scene where they're talking about how when you can't see yourself in a mirror, and they just keep drawing pictures of each other. This is what you look like. Yes. Well, then they have the 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 suit on the. They have a, like yeah. a, a big, like wire mock-up of somebody with the suit on it, and they're walking it down the hall, trying to show them what it would look like. Yeah, I mean, and the, I mean, it was just really well done. It, it honestly, it was. I mean, it was just ridiculous enough to make you laugh at the at the stupidity of it, but still, I mean, it, I don't want to say it kept down to like some logical roots, but I mean, it was just enough going on with them, like when they finally bite when Peter gets bitten. And they're sitting there, and Stu's eating the chips. And he's like, "Stu, do you like eating worms?" Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it 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 has to look like worms. You it. Uh, and then yeah. he picks up the Maybe chip and noodles. Eat, he picks up the chip chip and eats <laughs> and the, it. And the way Deacon kept calling it biscetti. <laughs> Would you like some biscetti? Biscetti. <laughs> that. But I mean, they it. I appreciate a good farce movie or a good parody. Where nobody's, where everybody's all in, right? You know, and it's, I mean, the, the when they meet up with the werewolves, hey, hey, we are werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene between the two of them when they first meet up is just really well done. I mean, I, I'm gonna spoil it, you know, and I give this an, an enthusiastic thumbs up. This, you know, is, it's funny. Oh. I watched this movie about two years ago and I didn't get it. Like I was like, okay, that was a movie. I remember you saying, cause at one point this came up in conversation and Mike and I were both like, Oh, I want to see that. And you were like, eh. yeah, I just, I didn't care for it. I didn't make me laugh. I didn't, I, maybe I didn't know what to expect. I appreciate it a lot more this time. It's still not like, I didn't find it quite as good as you guys did, but I did enjoy it a lot more the second time around once I knew what I was in for, for sure. Huh. Plus knowing who Reese Darby was, was helpful. See, I think that's weird to me because I mean, like how, how do you feel about, um, uh, Spinal Tap? Any of the Christopher Guest mockumentaries? Yeah. 
I've I've enjoyed all of them that I've seen. I haven't seen all of his movies, but I've always enjoyed the ones that I've seen. Have you Have um, you seen Waiting for Guffman? Yes, and I've seen. Okay. As as theater guys, that's a movie we all should see. I have not seen that, though it is not totally on my list that I know. You have, I, I mean, I'm I'm not kidding you. It, it will be one of your favorite movies if you fi- when you finally see it. Well, I've seen A Mighty Wind. I've seen Best in Show. I've seen Spinal Tap. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I've seen a good chunk of them, but. Um, like I said, I, I didn't know what to expect. And this time around, I definitely appreciated it more. And I, I found myself laughing more at it. And um, it's just very subtle. And I think when I was first seeing the previews for it, when I watched it, I was expecting something a bit more kind of boisterous and not nearly so. It's very underplayed, the entire film. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, they, I love how they treat it like it's just a regular old slice of life. There's Everything is going on. There's just nothing to see here. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And like, the the scene when he when he's when he's getting ready to kill the the one woman and he's like you know it's their last moment to, in life I wanted to be nice for them you know and he's sitting there listening to her talk and he just as he's prepping her like moving her hair and putting his bib on and everything and putting the towels down and, and putting the towels and the newspaper down and then when he finally goes in he just botches it and everything shoots everywhere it was just oh, I mean, that was so funny. I hit I hit a vein. <laughs> When I thought for a minute he wasn't going to do it, like because he seemed like this very nice kind of guy out of the bunch, you know, he's he's the meat character. Right, and him not doing it would have almost been too predictable. And the fact that he went through with it and it got fucked up so bad made it really funny. Exactly, it was kind of a shocker. It was the right comic choice, that's for sure. Mm. Well, in the whole scene with the cops, yeah, oh, <laughs> you will not notice anything out of out of the ordinary. <laughs> and and how he comes There's back. There's no like, smoke detector in here. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I hypnotized them. <laughs> I mean everything when, when um <laughs> when after they bite uh after they Nick. bite Peter and no, Deacon Peter was the guy in the basement. Okay, not Peter. Uh yeah, Nick, Nick. was the guy with the neck tattoo. Yeah, yeah. When after they bite Nick and <laughs> they Nick flies. He's flying into the window, and, oh, yeah. and Deacon's doing that dance. <laughs> I was doing a very erotic dance for my friends. They were very into it. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's there's very few movies where it the comedy is as ham fisted as it, as it is in this one, and still subtle. You're right. It really is. I mean, because everybody was playing a complete parody of a specific kind of vampire. I mean, Viago was most definitely the um, uh, from uh, with Gary Oldman. Oh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dracula. You know, Nick they, was. They said they based uh, <clears throat> off of various other films, which that yeah. was one of them. Yeah, and and like obviously, you know, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. Right, Vlad the Poker. <laughs> yeah, it's like when it, they, you could you could look at the pictures, you could poker. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Peter obviously was Nosferatu was Count Orlock. Yep. When they're landing, when he shows them the internet, they're like, "I want to see pictures of virgins." Yeah, I don't think she's a virgin if she's doing that. <laughs> or is it, you could use the internet to find things. He's like, "Oh, I lost a silk scarf in 1912." <laughs> and and I, Pat, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but the dark bidding joke. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> leave me to do my dark bidding. I am bidding on eBay right now. <laughs> it's, I mean, they took no, they pulled no punches on the puns. They pulled no punches on 
you know when when Nick eats the eats the chip. And, and oh Vlad, man, yeah, he's puking up the blood. And Vlad's like, "Oh, that's not gonna go. You shouldn't do that." <laughs> well, and then there's the fact that they don't when they do get to the violence that's in it, they don't shy away from it. Like the scene with the werewolves. I oh mean, yeah. There was there was seriously tension there because you're like, I don't want Stu to die. Stu don't die. And uh, luckily he didn't. But well, and I I think. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I think that really added to the humor too. The fact that they didn't shy away from the from the blood and violence because, I mean, it was like he was trying so hard to be just a polite, genteel vampire and be so you know forthcoming about everything, and they're all being just so honest. Yeah, this is our life. And then suddenly they just <laughs> and just go to town. <laughs> And that was a good part of the humor, you know. Yeah, some vampires put down towels, not yeah. the serious <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's kind of like in a horror movie, you need a little comedy to break the tension every once in a while. Well, here you needed a little horror to break the comedy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's and that. <laughs> I think I don't know which one of these people came up with the idea to put Stu in the movie, <laughs> but. God, I love Stu. <laughs> they all have to make a pact not to eat him. <laughs> no turning him, no sucking his blood. It's Stu. It's <laughs> when they bring him to the dark. <laughs> they bring him to the vampire ball. No, oh, no. yeah. He's, it's Stu. <laughs> <laughs> and when Stu uh, wound up lancing uh, the, one, um, the one girl's date. Oh, the, the beast. The beast. The yeah. beast. I love I love how this whole time they're building up the beast. You know you're going to see it at the end of it, and it was such a good reveal. Just his ex girlfriend. That's all. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, because you kept expecting it was going to be another guy. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like they were actually going to spend a whole lot of money doing this like prosthetic, like nasty looking beast type thing. No, nope, just his ex, <laughs> which is still awesome, right? No, I mean I I heard a lot about this on the internet. It was it was honestly the first time I heard about this movie was on Reddit. And they did a great freaking job with this. Uh, there's a, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they're a, the team plays off each other well. If this is as random as they thought, if this is as made up on the fly as they put off it to be, they really must have spent a lot of time working with each other to make sure that they can get the timing and right and all that right. Because it seems like they all they were all ready for it. Yeah, a lot of these guys have worked together for years. They've, they've done, you know, projects together for over a decade. I know that. So, what do you think about Jackie? The familiar, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's, I was trying to figure out who that was. <laughs> I was going to bite you tonight, but Peter, he bit Nick, and he took <laughs> your place in line. <laughs> like maybe we wait a little bit, you know. Eight, ten years. <laughs> <laughs> right. How, how awkward was that scene where he Skypes his old uh, servant? Oh, yeah. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because the copy that I had, um, it didn't subtitle that. So I had no idea what they were talking about. Oh, no. Oh, he was like he, – he went back to the joke about him getting the wrong postage put on uh, his coffin. He's like, it took me forever to get there. He goes, Master – you told me to. You you said you were going to bite me. You turned me into a vampire. I am ninety years old now. I've done nothing with my life. And and that's when he does that kind of like cringy smile and it's like, kind of tries to turn him off. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So he's been sitting there waiting for him the whole time. Yeah. That's funny. No, I, and the, uh, <laughs> what was it at the very end where he, he finds his old girlfriend again? The old lady? Yeah, when he finally goes into the, to her apartment. Yeah, turns her into a vampire and now we're together forever. And of course they do the old joke about the, the, uh, robbing the cradle, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, what's this 86 year old woman doing with this 200 year old man? Yeah, it, it was good stuff. I mean, it's, it definitely was a work of love for a better, better phrase. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you could tell everybody, like you said, was a hundred percent into the whole thing sold on it all. Yeah. It was a, a pet project for sure. Yeah. Something that they decided they wanted to do, and they just went in all in and were very creative with how they were going to do it. Because <laughs> it could have been done in other ways and not been as successful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when when uh, Viago's showing everybody around the house, <laughs> he opens Vlad's door, and he's all the way at the end of this hallway in red satin with these women around <laughs> He goes. He closes the door and he comes back, and it's a room completely different. You, I love how Vlad is uh, Viago is still like looking in the room, trying to figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> and he's just all casual. What's up? <laughs> you, we have it. We are going to have a flat meeting in ten minutes. Twenty minutes. <laughs> no, everybody in this one was a hundred percent. I mean, it's it wasn't a it wasn't a high definitely not a high budget movie. But it, for me, it, it's in the same category as like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, you know that kind of like campy but still uh, campy fun movies. But yeah, clever. Yeah, clever, clever horror comedy. This is a movie that 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 is the type of movie I enjoy introducing somebody to, like watching it with them for when they see it for the first time because they hadn't heard about it. Yeah, it, it's funny enough that you know anybody can enjoy it. But, you know, it's not popular enough that everybody's seen it already. Right. Well, and that's that's like when I showed you Tucker and Dale. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly the feeling I got, because I know those scenes are coming up and just waiting to watch you react to it. You know, like when, when the cops show up. It's just keep dying. <laughs> well, and if you've never seen the, the release, the Blu-ray of Tucker and Dale, they've got a 15-minute version of the film from the uh, the other people's perspective. Which makes them Tucker and Dale look like murderers. <laughs> it's <laughs> I want to see that now. All from the the victim's perspective, and it's a 15 minute cut of the film, and it's totally different from the original. That's fantastic. But anyway, you know, and they, they didn't have it was this was kind of a low budget film, but with what they had, they they stretched that dollar a long ways. I mean, it looked bigger than it was. I think. Yeah, I'm sure that is very true. With the set design and budget on this one. Um, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> rabble, rabble, watermelon, watermelon, rabble, rabble. Oh, did it, did you get the clip <clears throat> of the priest sounding like L? No, I didn't find the clip, but I, I checked to see, and L was not the the guy that played L was not the guy that played that oh movie. Oh my god! Oh. Uh, they did this whole movie for one point six million. Wow! <clears throat> Worldwide. They made six point one, which is you know in the in the scheme of Hollywood not much, but percentage. I mean they wise, made money at least, and it's going to become a cult classic. I'm I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're going to make some money on that kind of. I think it all, it already is in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, and it, and you know what thing is, even though it was rated R for the, you know, blood and all that, it was still the the violent scenes were a little bit campy enough that I could still watch it with the kids. And they, <laughs> yeah, when he's standing there in the hallway holding the roll of paper towels, just covered in blood, he's, <laughs> there's that defeated look on his face, like <sighs> I I was dying at that scene. No, this is good stuff all around. This is, but you're right. This is definitely a camp classic, and I need to get this on DVD because if it's not streaming, I, I like I said, I've read it. For, this is the fourth time I've seen it. So, you want a girl? Yeah, a girl would be good. Uh, <laughs> a boy? Yeah, a yeah, boy would be good. Maybe one of each. Yeah, yeah one yeah. of each. <laughs> not as old as you. Um, right. <laughs> oh, best line in the movie: If you want a sandwich. It would be better to know that nobody had <laughs> fucked it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin it, but that is the best line in the movie. And no. <laughs> his deliver Vlad's delivery. I think out of the three out of the three vampires, I think Vlad has to be my favorite. <laughs> so say the line, I'm sorry. It was it. If you if you're having a sandwich, it's better <laughs> I would like to eat it better if you know that nobody has fucked it. <laughs> whatever the line is but that is such a good see and for me viago would be my pick he's he's the one i most could relate to if i was a vampire <laughs> that would be me going around <laughs> calling for the flat meeting <laughs> right i'm sorry i look at the the quotes yeah some of our clothes are from victims you might bite someone and then be like oh <laughs> yeah. those are some nice pants <laughs> <laughs> Leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet. What are you bidding on? I'm bidding on a table. <laughs> I, mean, <clears throat> I mean, it's such simple jokes, but the delivery is so good. All right. So shall we do the thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah. I'll go first. I um, despite its flaws, I will give the I will give once bitten a thumbs up. And a definite thumbs up for uh, what we do in the shadows. Joel? Well, and I, I'm going to be in the same camp, I think, because even though Once Bitten isn't something I necessarily need to see again, if it was on, I wouldn't turn it off just because it's kind of harmless fun. And uh, what we do in shadows, like I said, I appreciated it a lot more once I got the joke. Okay. Um, Josh gave two thumbs up to Once Bitten. This is his secret love. Really? And yeah, he he totally messaged me that he's like once bitten. I'm all about that. Huh? He watches it at least once a month. That's not true. <laughs> uh, and it no, might be. I mean, never know. I mean, Josh is kind of a strange guy. He does. He does like uh, mayonnaise and peanut butter. He dresses his lot of stuff, and <laughs> then goes and fucks sandwiches. Um, <laughs> for me. I half thumbs up for Once Bitten. If it wasn't Jim Carrey, it would be totally thumbs down. That's my, that's my one thing on that. Now for oh, and obviously for what we do in the shadows, I'm completely thumbs up. So yeah, there you go. And Stu is awesome. <laughs> I wish I had a T-shirt with Stu on it. Joel, what are we doing next week? Next week, uh, for our last week of October. Uh, we're doing Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We chose to do the 1978 Donald Sutherland remake and the Invasion, the James Bond and Nicole Kidman 2007 uh, remake for the third time. And, yeah, that's what I said, James Bond. Mm-hmm. 
And we've got a, a special co-host to join us since uh, Josh will be away, Emo still Phillips. on vacation. Is it a secret? No, it's not Emo Phillips. I'm lying. Oh, uh, we're going to have Slacker Jedi Will from uh, the CreeperCast. Yes, we're going to have guests. It's yes! All, yeah, it's always kind of a kind of concerning. <laughs> Why? I don't know. That's it's kind of like inviting someone into your house and you haven't cleaned up yet. You know going to be like, hey, Slacker, Mike's going to be drunk, Pat's going to be stoned, Joel's going to be confused. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> Nothing new there. Right. He's, he listens to the show, so he knows how it goes. Awesome. Thank you for listening, Slacker. See you next week. And uh, you guys, thanks for listening. If you're looking for our older stuff, remember iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Talk Shoe, and all over the Podverse, Podverse FM and 2. Call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727 if you think we should have watched Transylvania 65000 instead of Once Bitten. And i uh, love to hear from Obviously, you. Michael does. I have an unusual... Love first bite. Lo- oh. <laughs> George Hamilton. <laughs> That's another one. It's a black Next chicken. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Let's do this thing. <laughs> this is, this is, let's get this on the...